I am uh, so thankful for uh, Pastor Ron and Deborah. And De- Deborah's over here. I was looking for her back there. She's over here. Hallelujah. Uh, I, uh, when uh, we first uh, started the church in Kansas, Ron was 15, 15 years old. And uh, so now we've watched him grow up, and now he's married and got little Aubrey. Amen. Hallelujah. God's good to us. Amen. want to, uh, of course, say uh, welcome. Prophet Ford's with us tonight. Amen. God's so good. and uh, Everybody else that's with us tonight, so grateful for everything God's doing. Let's go over to the book of Exodus chapter 15, and we're going to stay with uh, this assignment that the Lord's given us over this year and the things that he's dealt with me to uh, minister. We've been ministering on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings on a covenant of blood. And uh, we want to minister tonight along the lines of our covenant of healing, a covenant of healing. And we've been teaching on that in healing school. And if you were with us for uh, the five days of the Hear and Be Healed conference, how many went to that conference at least one night? Wasn't that, what, oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, at the end of the week, you were just tired, but you thought, dear Lord, can I just go again just one more time? I told my wife after each of those services, I said, I know what the man meant when he said, I'd give, I would, I, he said, I would give a million dollars for five more minutes under that anointing. Hallelujah. And I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take the world with a fence around it for it. Amen. Because it's just, it's, it's so powerful. And so God is so good to us. A covenant of healing. And uh, we, of course, have been saying this. But where these things uh, are concerned, there's things that you have to believe what God said. And, and, and we deal with these three issues. Uh, believe what God said, number one, about himself. What did God say about himself? And we went over that this morning to some extent, and uh, uh, a couple of the verses is Titus 1-2, where God said God cannot lie. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul said God cannot lie. Uh, Hebrews 13-8, it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so your focus then is believing what God said about himself, right? You, you get into trouble when you, and, and understand what I mean by this, I don't mean people of like precious faith. When you allow people that don't believe certain things about God to tell you what God said or what God thinks, I, I go back to the woman that was coming to our church and she had been diagnosed with cancer and, and the Lord was touching her when she would be in those services, that healing anointing would flow and it would touch her. And, but her husband belonged to a denominational church and wouldn't leave that denominational church because that's where he had been raised and, and whatnot. And she would go back to that denominational church, and the pastor of that church would tell her, you better be careful trying to get rid of something that God might be using to teach you something. And then the second thing he told her was, you better be careful trying to get rid of that cancer. Well, you don't know that it might be the will of God. Well, see... She believed what somebody else said about God. Amen. We, we know that God doesn't use sickness to teach. It's never his will for anybody to be sick. But if I allow somebody to tell me that that may be what God thinks. Amen. I heard uh, 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 Hilton Sutton. Years ago, he said, every believer needs to have a working knowledge of the Word of God for themselves. Every believer. Amen. Because you're not always going to be in church and in a service where the pastor is telling you what the Word says. I've got to know where it's at for myself. Believe what God said about himself. What God said about himself is what you believe about God. Amen. Uh, secondly, believe what God said about his word. Well, uh, a very simple scripture is Isaiah 55, 11. He said the word would not return empty. It would not return void. That's important. 
Because that, that means that I can depend upon the word to do what God said it would do. In the book of Jeremiah, he said, Is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock? The Amplified Bible says, The rock of most stubborn resistance. So God says the word will consume and break. Hallelujah. That's what he said about his word. And he said it won't return void or empty and that it would prosper in the thing that he sent it to. So there's never this mindset of I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if this works. God's word never returns empty because no word of God is void of power. Every word that God speaks is full of the life of God and the power of God. That's why Proverbs says the word is health to your body and life to your flesh. Because that's what it's full of. When you speak 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53 and 5, Matthew 8.18, when you're speaking those healing verses, it's not just a healing confession. There is healing in those verses. When you quote Philippians 4.19, there's prosperity in that verse. Your part of the covenant is faith and obedience. If you do what you're confessing, see, you can't just confess something and not do what you're confessing. You can't just confess, my God will supply all of my need, because there's a verse before it that says I have to be willing to give. Isn't, isn't that right? No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. You've given more than once to my necessity. And because of that, my God will meet all your need. My God will supply all your need. In Philippians 4.19 is the power to supply the need. Oh, glory. Then, believe what God said about what he would do. What did God say he would do? He said, for instance, call unto me and I will answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things, things that you know not of. Isn't that right? Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will do it for you. So that's what God said he would do. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? You, you should never have one prayer unanswered. Thank you for that rousing response. There should never be one prayer unanswered. Based on, see... The Bible says what it says. And Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he would do it for you. And the Amplified Bible says, as representing all that I am. See, you never thank God for unanswered prayers. That's a country song, not a scripture. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I had a lady get mad and leave my church because I said I don't have unanswered prayers. She got mad and left. Walked out the door saying, who's he think he is? Everybody has unanswered prayers. No, I don't. I, I'm not just saying that. If, 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 I, if, I, if prayers will go unanswered, why am I praying? How do I know which prayer is going to go unanswered? He said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it for you. Further on in John, he said, I'll do it. I'll respond to it. Is that right? So believe that. Then remember, always remember, you have a covenant. The Bible's a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. Hallelujah. A covenant mindset's a requirement for strong faith. Exodus 15. And uh, verse 26, for the sake of time, if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments, keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Now, various scholars, uh, Robert Young, uh, P.C. Nelson, uh, among others, have pointed out that it says, that which I have brought causative sense in the Hebrew, but the way it's written, it's in the permissive sense. 
that I have allowed on the Egyptians. Notice, they'll not come on you. And he says, why? For I am the Lord that heals you. It's important. Say say this out loud. He is the Lord that heals me. Egypt is always a type of the world. It's always a shadow of the world, what we were delivered from. Pharaoh is always a picture of the devil keeping us in bondage. And notice what he says. He says, none of the diseases that come upon the world will come on you because I'm the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that heals you. Oh, hallelujah. I'm the Lord that heals you. He sets himself in the position of healer for his covenant people. And when he says, I am the Lord, I am Jehovah, I am the self-existent one, I am the eternally self-existent one, this is important because whatever God says he is, he's eternally that. He cannot lie and he cannot change. He's eternally that. Oh, hallelujah. So he says, I am the Lord that heals you. He's eternally our healer. What we need God to be, he is. And he's eternally that. See, there can't be any question. That's why you got to believe what God said about himself. He said he's my healer. Well, he can't be my healer and the one that makes me sick. He can't be my loving father that loves me and allow me to be sick. Now, understand what I mean by that, right? And and allow it to come on me and allow these things to happen in the sense that people talk about it. He said, I won't allow that. Now, we got other verses we're going to look at. The, least, the lesser translation says, I'm the Lord, your physician. Mm. Another translation says, I'm the Lord, your surgeon. I'm the Lord, your surgeon. I'm the Lord, your surgeon. Oh, glory to God. Amen. I, I, I got a report tonight from a, a, a sister about, uh, well, her physical sister that we had prayed for and sent a prayer cloth to that had cancer. And, and uh, I don't know all the details, but it was, it was a bad situation. And, but now her sister's eating full meals. Got energy. I saw the picture of her. She didn't have no little plate. Amen. Hallelujah. When you hadn't been eating right, you got to eat a lot to catch up. Glory to God. Because I'm the Lord that heals you. Do you see this? So he is the Lord that's eternally our healer. Let's look at Exodus 23. Exodus 23 and verse 25. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and water. And I, notice, I will take sickness from the midst of you. And there shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. So we have a covenant with who? Our God, our healer, who is eternally existent as our healer. And he said that if there is sickness, he'll take it. He'll take it. He'll take it. If it's there, he'll take it. See, he's our surgeon. If it's there, he can take it. And notice, he said, and nothing will cast their young or be barren. Miscarriage, shortening of life. Do you see this? Now, he says very plainly, this is not his will. Is that right? And he puts it in covenant terms. Hallelujah. So he says, shortening of life is not God's will. You can can say that out loud. Say, shortening of life is not God's will. 
he says, see, notice, he says, the number of your days I will fulfill. Now, people over the years have taught, well, that's 70 or if by strength, 80. But the problem with that in Psalm 92 is this. That was not God saying that. That was Moses saying that to God. He said, what's going on here? We're only living 70 years, and if by strength, 80. God never said that. God never said you've got 70 years, and if by strength, 80. The Bible's not really, really plain, in my opinion, I'll say that. In my opinion, the Bible's not really plain about the number of years a person has. People will say, well, you know, that God said 120 years. Well, but in context, God was talking about the people on the earth at that time. The days of man will be 120 years. Some people believe he was talking about till, till the flood, till the destruction of the earth. I don't know. I don't get into that. But here's the point. If you believe it's 120 years, you can believe for however long. Brother Hagin used to say, believe to live till you're satisfied. He always said, if you heard I died, I got satisfied. Amen. Now, why is this important? Because you want to live out the number of your days. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And how are we going to live out the number of our days? Our physician will take sickness from our midst. Mm. Glory to God. That, that, that's what all those scriptures, those great healing scriptures say. Matthew 8.18 puts it very plain. It says, it says that he healed all the sick that night. And it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, that he took our infirmities and carried our diseases. Took them. Took them away. Glory to God. Whatever you may be dealing with or facing, he's taking it. He took stripes on his back to take sickness. Glory to God. Look at Exodus chapter 2. Every promise in the Word of God can somewhere be traced back to our covenant. Everyone. And here in Exodus 2, verse 23, it came to pass in process of time. The king of Egypt died. The children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried. And their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage and God heard their groaning. Notice this. And God remembered his covenant. With Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob, God looked on the children of Israel and had respect, or God knew them, or God came into relationship with them. But notice who came into relationship. Notice who remembered the covenant. God. And then God came into relationship with them. The Amplified Bible says that God heard their sighing and groaning and earnestly remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the Israelites, took knowledge of them, Notice this, concerned himself about them, knowing all, remembering all. That sounds like Second Peter or First Peter chapter five, verse seven. Casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. The Amplified Bible says he cares about you effectually and watches over you watchfully. Amen. God chose to deliver the Israelites. Based on the covenant he made with Abraham. God remembered his covenant. He written, now, why is that important? God remembers his covenant where you're concerned. This is not something he remembered for them and doesn't remember for us. That's why it was so important what I was saying this morning. You'll hear people say, well, the old covenant has been done away with, with its animal sacrifices and all these things. No. What, what they are referring to as the Old Covenant is the law. The law has been done away with in Christ. That's what the Scripture said. We read it this morning. That Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everybody. The, second, the first covenant was never done away with. It's eternal. It's everlasting. 
It's the covenant that God made with Abraham and with everybody that puts faith in God. We are the seed of Abraham. And the Bible says this, that the first covenant was expanded and the Gentiles were brought into it through the blood of Jesus. Part of that covenant and a very outstanding part of that covenant is God stood in covenant blood and said, I am eternally existent as your healer. Amen. He remembered his covenant. Notice here in Exodus chapter 3, verse uh, 13. And Moses said to God, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me, and they say to me, what is his name? What do I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me. And notice the latter part of verse 15. This is my name forever. Oh, that's important. Why? Because he's eternally our blank check. That's his name forever. What that, that's why Jesus could say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it for you. Why? He's the I am. Whatever I need him to be, he is. He said, that's the name I want to be known by. Oh, glory to God. Now, now, now see, the, the, the gospel counterpart to that, it, or the, the New Testament counterpart to that, if you read in, in Acts chapter 3, and you remember this, 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 this verse, it says that, that Peter and John healed the lame man that was sitting there by the gate, and that when they stood before the religious leaders and the people, Peter made this statement. He said, you're looking at us as if we did something in our own power to heal this man. He said it was his name and faith in his name that made this man whole before you. Amen. Amen. In, 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 the, oh, in the first covenant, the I am was the blank check. In the, in the second covenant, in the New Testament, Jesus' name is the blank check. Hallelujah. And that's why he said, if you lay hands on the sick in my name, they will recover. Oh, glory to God. Let him pray over him in the name of the Lord, anointing him with oil. And the prayer of faith prayed in the name of the Lord will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Because I'm doing that in the name. Oh, glory. You know, it's interesting to me. And, and you can put all these parallels together. That, 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 that Hebrew scholars... When they were writing the word of God, they would come what, to what they called the name. The name. The name. The name. And they would write the name. Now, we know it was the name of God, but they would write the name. And then they would go ceremonially cleanse themselves and change clothes and come back and finish what they were doing. Because they called it the name. The parallel is we have the name. We have the name. The name that's above every name. And the Bible says that the, the one with the name, the I am, gave Jesus that name and highly exalted Jesus so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. When something happens in the name of Jesus, it glorifies the Father God. Who is the I Am? Who is Jehovah Rapha? When somebody gets healed, it glorifies God. Oh, hallelujah. And he did this on the basis of covenant. I am. I am whatever you need me to be. I can do whatever you need me to do. I can fix whatever you need me to fix. Because I'm the I am. Hallelujah. 
It's what Jesus said in John 14, John 16. John 14, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it. John 16, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Oh, hallelujah. In the second covenant, the name Jesus is the blank check. I can expect the same commitment to the covenant from the Father when I use the name of Jesus. God's committed to His Word. He's committed to His covenant. And when I use the name of Jesus, I can expect the same commitment. Look, look, look here at Exodus chapter 8. There's a lot here. We're going to teach on it all year. Exodus 8 and 22. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. In which my people dwell. That no swarms of flies will be there. To the end, you may know I'm the Lord in the midst of the earth. Notice, and I will put a division between my people. The word division there is a redemption. I'll put a redemption between my people and your people. And tomorrow or by tomorrow... Will this sign be? There's a redemption between God's people and the flies. Now, now flies here are a plague. We understand that. But throughout Scripture, flies represent demons. Flies represent the power of the enemy. Satan is called Beelzebub. Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. And he says there's a redemption between God's people and the flies. What's that, what's that redemption? The covenant. There's something between me and them. Do you see this? That, that's why in Psalm 91, we quote it, but here's why it can say, when trouble comes, a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. And you know, we preach it this way. Well, if it's at my right hand and at my side, that seems pretty close. But there's a division. There's a redemption between you and it's called the covenant. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Exodus 12, verse 12. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. I'll smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I'll execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood will be to you for a token, a proof, a sign, evidence upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the plague will not be on you to destroy you or for a destruction when I smite the land of Egypt. So a token is evidence or proof. The blood was the evidence or proof that God had a covenant with those people. That's important. See, I have a covenant. And we talked about the sign of circumcision on the heart. Wherever you abide, there's something in the spirit that you can't see. But every spirit being can see. It's the sign of covenant on your house. See, I have a covenant. Do, do you remember when David said this, when Saul was chasing him, trying to kill him, and David wrote these words? He said, I will lay me down and I will sleep because the Lord will sustain me. Saul's hunting his head. Trying to kill him. And he lays down with Saul trying to murder him. And he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down and sleep. Because the Lord will sustain me. Hallelujah. So what are you going to do tonight? You're going to lay down and sleep. Why? I have a covenant. I have a covenant of rest. God has a covenant with me. 
that my sleep will be sweet. Glory to God. I was talking to a minister one time, and he was talking to me about how he was awake all through the night. And he said, I don't hurt or anything. I just, I'm awake all night long. He said, what about you? I said, man, I don't know. I don't, by the time my head hits the pillow, I don't know anything till morning. And people just kind of look at you. I don't know about all that. Okay. When you tell people in the day and age we live in that you don't have anything wrong with your body, they look at you like you're a nut. Everybody's got something wrong. How old are you? Oh, you know, name of age, whatever age you want to name. Oh, my Lord. You know, when I was your age, I got this, I got that. You got that? No, I don't have that. Right? Don't take anything just because somebody says you're supposed to have it because you're a certain age. Or a certain race. Amen. Amen. I got, I got a young lady in my church. Uh, 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 Ivy Pennington. And I think Ivy's close to 20 now. 18, 19, 19 years of age. Ivy was born in our church. And she was born with sickle cell anemia. Born with it. And the doctor said she'd always have it. And it would never go away. Her, her mother came to me. Yolanda came to me. And we prayed. Prayed, prayed over prayed over a cloth and sent it. Hallelujah. <laughs> they, they, they checked that baby out upwards and downwards. And the doctor said, I don't know what happened, but it was here and it's not here now. Now, it is on her school records that she has sickle cell anemia. And they've, they've asked her, do you want me to take that off? And here's a teenage girl that went through school. Now, she's not in high school anymore. But she would tell. She told her mom, leave it on my records because every time they say I have it, I have the opportunity to witness to them about how Jesus healed me. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? See, see, that's, that's something that primarily, primarily affects the African-American race. Don't take it just because the color of your skin. Don't take it just because they say you have to have it. Well, heart disease runs in my family. Don't take it just because it ran in your family. Stop it from running in your family with you. Amen. Glory to God. Am I helping you? He said... There's a proof, there's a evidence, something that stands between us. Okay, Lord, I can say that. And, and don't joke about things. You forget something. Oh, bless God, I'd forget my head if it wasn't tied on. You really want that? You want to be sitting in a chair somewhere, a blithering idiot? Everybody's got to take care of you. You can't do anything for yourself. Now, I know that's, that's, that, that sounds direct, but is that what you want? Because you'll have what you say. I can't remember nothing. You know what they say. After a certain age, first thing that goes is your mind. Ha, ha, ha. It's not funny. It's not funny. The, Bi the Bible says as I get older, I should get sharper. <sighs> you think I know a lot now? Wait till I'm 80. I'm following the faith of my fathers. And none of my fathers are slowing down. None of them are slowing down. They're, they're, matter of fact, they're regrouping. They're recharging. They're getting ready to go. Amen. Look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Glory to Jesus. In Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. Oh, look at verse 10. There will no evil befall you. Neither will any plague come near your dwelling. Verse 16. With long life I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Now, 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 those are verses that are in most people's confession list. But I want you to see something. Look what it says. 
It says, if I'm dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God, I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And because of that, he says, no evil will befall me. Is that right? No plague will come near my dwelling. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. Now, I've got to believe what God said about himself. It's a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. I read that. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. That closes the book. That's it. That's what I believe. Well, I know so-and-so. I don't, I don't believe so-and-so. I believe what the Word said. Amen. Amen. Because you have a covenant. You have a covenant. The house on my left side may get damaged. The house on my right side may get damaged. But right there in the middle, I'll sit with no damage. Because he said, no evil would befall me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do do you see that? When you're going about your day, no evil will befall you. When you're going about your day, no evil will befall you. You got to drive somewhere, no evil will befall you. I have a covenant. He said, no evil would befall you. That word evil is injury or misery. Injury or misery. That's good news. The word plague is disease or wound. It specifically carries the idea of a wound from leprosy. I had a friend one time. uh, We traveled to a promise keepers gathering together uh, in Columbia, Missouri. And uh, we were there at promise keepers. And we were sharing a room. And uh, uh, he was a believer, uh, didn't believe in much, but he was a believer. He was going to heaven, but the church he belonged to didn't believe much of anything. Just get saved and miss hell and go to heaven. Well, he had diabetes, and, and he had let it get out of hand, and he was trying to, to rein it back in. But because of that, he had diabetic sores on, on, his, on his legs, and uh, he was uh, a real heavy guy. And he couldn't bend over to work on those sores. So he asked me to help him. I learned something there. Now, understand what I say when I say this. That was disgusting. And there was no reason for it. He had a covenant that said no wound will come near you. Is that right? I felt, I felt horrible for him. The compassion of God just came out of me. It was, it was a horrible existence. Couldn't walk, couldn't sit, full of pain. And he had a covenant of healing with God. And he was on his way to heaven. Loved God. Loved the Lord. And was not walking in his covenant benefits. I would be remiss. I would be wrong as a pastor. To just let you think that you got to put up with certain things. There are things that you do not have to put up with because you have a covenant from God that says you don't have to put up with them. Amen. Well, you know, my hearing's going, don't let it go. Grab it and make it stay. The Lord said, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, I've made both of them. And I wrote in my Bible, and mine are good. Mine are good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you ever hear Jerry Savelle? You know, if you look at old messages of Brother Jerry, he wore glasses. Now, there's nothing wrong with wearing glasses. Don't get me wrong when I say that. Right? But I'm saying he decided, I don't want to wear glasses. Because he had to wear them when he drove. His eyes were so bad, he had to wear them when he drove. And he said, so I either had to get clip-on sunglasses or prescription sunglasses, and it was just a a headache. And he said, I got in the Word and began to claim the Word that my eyes were healed. Amen. Amen. And he said, one day I went to the the DMV to renew my license, and he said, I took the eye test, and he said, "When when I looked in there with my glasses, I couldn't see anything. It was all blurry. And he said, I took my glasses off, and it's perfectly clear. Amen. 
So he said, take this off my restriction, off my, my, my license. I don't have to have glasses anymore. And if you know him and, you, and you're with him, you can see that. He was sitting back here in our speaker's room, and somebody was serving him, and they, they gave him something to read and said, I don't know if you can read that with your contacts here in this light. And he goes, I don't wear contacts. I don't wear glasses or contacts. And he's near about 75 years of age, and still his eyes are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stood on his covenant and overcome a full-blown stroke. Couldn't, couldn't raise his right hand. Paralyzed on his right side. The doctor said, you'll never preach again. The doctor said, you're going to have to be in this special chamber to get all the, the brain cells back operating. And, and, and it will take years for everything to go back to normal. Well, Pastor Evil befell him. But he grabbed his covenant and ran it off. If it's there, he'll take it. He'll take it. Don't, don't just put up with it. Amen. I, I'm not telling you to do this. When sickness tries to attack my body, it makes me mad. It makes me angry. Yes, my wife. I'll say out loud, who do you think you are trying to put that garbage on me? I have a covenant of healing with God. Amen. I'm almost done. When we stay under the blood, we stay under the covenant. We stay under the name. No injury, no misery, no disease will come near us. Notice Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Psalm 105 and verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among them. That word feeble means weak or decayed. Now you know, some theologians say three and a half million people came out of bondage. Between two and three and a half million. Now you know, you know somewhere in that three and a half million people, there's old folks, young folks, old, old folks, and young, young folks. There was somebody in that group that was old enough that should have been considered feeble. But he says there wasn't one feeble. And these were people that for 400 and some odd years had had no regard for God. But because of his covenant, he gave them that Passover meal. And that Passover meal strengthened them. And they came out with not one person feeble. They traveled 40 years in the wilderness on manna. Looked like coriander seed, the Bible says. I don't know what was in it. Word says it was angel's food. So I don't know how... how Nutritionally dense angel's food is, but it, it sustained them. And you never see them sick until they rebelled against God. He brought them out and not one feeble person among them. Oh, glory. Look at verse 42. You can see why it was done. He remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. What I want you to do and what I want you to see and what I want to happen is for something to rise up on the inside of you and say, if I have it, it's going. And even if it came on me before, it's not coming on me again. Just because it came once doesn't mean it has to come again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. And verse 29. This is another familiar scripture, but notice something. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Ha, ha, ha. So notice, if there's sickness, he'll take it. If there is faintness, 
He'll give me power. If there's no might, he'll increase my strength. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Where there's no might, he increases strength. Where there's faintness, he gives power. So that's my covenant. I said, that's my covenant. You're, you're not going the road of weakness. You're not going down the road of faintness. You're not going down the road where you can't take care of yourself. I'm telling you by the name of Jesus, that's not going to be you. You're not going to be weak. You're not going to be dilapidated. You're not, you're not going to be dependent on somebody else the rest of your life. You are going to be long and strong. You're going to live long and strong. You're going to live out the number of your days. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Verse 31, notice, or uh, excuse me, verse, uh, 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 the Amplified Bible says in verse 29, he gives power to the faint and weary, and to him that has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it abound. So right now, the strength is multiplying in me, multiplying in me, abounding in me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew or change strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. The Amplified Bible says those that wait for the Lord who... Now notice, here's, here's your part. What's your part of the covenant? Faith and obedience. Those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They will lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles, mount up to the sun, they will run and not be weary. They will not faint or become tired. Because I'm expecting, what am I expecting? I'm expecting for my strength to be renewed. I'm expecting for my power to be renewed. God can promise this because He cannot lie. And He cannot change. My job's expected. What you believe can be measured by your level of expectancy. And, and, and uh, 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 I want to I wrap this up, but I, I, I need you to see this. When, when you look through uh, uh, the Gospels, for instance, when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus told them, got them in the boat and said, let's go to the other side. And they got out in the midst of the sea and the storm came and, and, and they begin to, to scream. To Jesus to, to wake up. Don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus stood up and, and, and he calmed the wind and the waves. And, and peace be still. You'll remember that. But then remember he turned to them and said, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? No faith. Faith, Hebrews 11.1. 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The, the, the main definition of hope is expectancy. Faith give substance to what you're expecting. They had no faith they were going to the other side because they had no faith. They were expecting nothing and could do nothing. When Peter walked on the water to come to Jesus but noticed the wind boisterous and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached and pulled him up and said, uh, uh, where did you doubt, oh, you of little faith? Peter got out of the boat for whatever reason. Jesus never called him and said, hey, Peter, come out of the boat. Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Well, Jesus couldn't lie. Peter stepped out of that boat with a measure of faith, but it was little faith. And when the issues arose, his little faith wasn't enough to handle the circumstance. So he was expecting little. He was expecting little. And he got little. But in, in Matthew chapter 8, in, and, and in both instances of the centurion that came to Jesus, and he said, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, I've not found such great faith. Now, what was he expecting? 
He was expecting his servant to be healed when Jesus spoke the word. That was his expectancy before he ever said it. You can measure what he was believing by what he was expecting. Amen. When, 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 when you say you're old, you're just wore out, my body's just falling apart, that's what you're expecting. And you cannot tell me you're exercising faith for anything else. Because you're not exercising faith and saying that you're expecting something else. You can't be exercising faith for healing, expecting sickness. You can't be exercising faith for a sound mind, talking about how you're so forgetful you can't remember anything. See, that's not just words. That's what you're expecting. Covenant changes your expectancy. A covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. Oh, glory. We got one more verse here. Look, look with me at Psalm 103. Oh, hallelujah. I had a person one time. I, had, uh, I was associate pastor, assistant pastor at a church. And uh, the pastor was very sick and couldn't preach. And so they were having me do all, all the ministering. And uh, uh, I was ministering on faith and had, had been ministering on faith for weeks. We, we, I, was, I had ministered I don't know how many weeks. And one day I was in Sunday school. And uh, I went to Sunday school just to be polite because I didn't care for Sunday school. It was embalmed with unbelief. But uh, uh, I was sitting there, and, and the, the teacher was every, every service, she would ask who had a testimony. And a person stood up. They stood up right in front of me. I was sitting in about the third row, and they were in the second row. And they stood up right in front of me. And uh, uh, they turned around and looked at me. Their testimony was directed at me. And they turned around and looked at me. And said, uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot about faith. You know, I mean, when somebody's looking right at you, I mean, the only thing you can do is spit on them or smile. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, and I decided to smile. And I, I was just grinning. And they, and they said this in, in front of the whole class, looking, right, looking me right in the eye and said, I think those faith people are living in a dream world. They, they need to get some reality and come down here and live with the rest of us. Well, they don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking, man, if this is a dream world, don't wake me up. And I'm in reality. Your reality does not define my reality. Because somebody lives under the curse doesn't mean I need to. Psalm 103, verse 1. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies. Satisfies your mouth with good things that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Amplified Bible says this. It says, who heals each one of all your diseases. Why does he do that? He is my physician. The Amplified says, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good. So that your youth, renewed, is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. That's God's will for you. Strong, overcoming, and soaring. That's my life. That's your life. Strong, overcoming, and soaring. And he said that was a benefit of what? My covenant. That's my benefit package. 
I say, that's my benefit package. Do you believe that? He's our physician. He's our surgeon. He is the Lord that heals us. And, 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 and it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. He is the Lord that heals me. Because I have a covenant. Because I have a covenant. My, my bones are strong. My joints are supple. Amen. My eyes are good. My ears are good. Amen. Hallelujah. My blood pressure is perfect. My heart beats with the rhythm of life. Oh, hallelujah. 1 Peter 2.24 is consistently, constantly flowing through my blood system, effecting a cure in my body. There are things that don't even come near me. I don't even know that they tried because 1 Peter 2.24 just gets rid of them. Amen. Amen. Every disease, germ, and virus that touches your body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 That's in your spirit man. And what's in your spirit man will, 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 will present itself through your natural man. That healing in your spirit man will soak into your fleshly body. It'll come out the pores of your skin. It'll ooze out of your arms and out of your legs and out of your body. And when sickness or disease tries to touch you, it will come in contact with the healing power of God and be instantly neutralized, instantly destroyed, instantly taken away. It's what you have to believe. You know, I'll end with this. We often talk about John Lake. And I've heard people talk about John Lake. And how he was helping with those victims of the plague. And that they came to him. And, and the medical professionals came to him. And he was not using any protective gear. Or anything of that nature. And they asked him. They said, how is it that you've been working with all of these people that have died of this sickness. And yet you're not affected. And he said, well, I can show you. And, and there was a corpse there, and he said, get some of that froth, that bloody froth, out of that corpse mouth and put it in my hand. Well, that's full-blown plague. Put it in my hand. They put it in his hand, and they examined that, and, and it's recorded and documented that they saw the plague dying. And they said, what is this? And he said, that's the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ. I, 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 I want to say this. And I want to say it as nice as I can. Over the last two years, I've watched so many preachers abandon what they used to preach. They quit preaching faith. They quit preaching healing. They quit preaching the power of the word of God. They hunkered down somewhere in an unknown location and taught a bunch of garbage. I, I, I said it. I said it when we, when we started having weekly services on May 21st. And I'll say it again. I'll speak loud to be heard. I'll never shut my church down. I will never shut. I don't care what happens. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the governor says. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not shutting the church down. The local church is the hope of the world. I'm not afraid of anything that stalks the dark. I, I give no respect or honor to any sickness. I'm redeemed from it. You, you do whatever you got to do. I, I, I understand what I mean by that. I've, I've, I've watched preachers, though, back off what they used to say they believe. And their churches pay for it. There are people on the sound of my voice, and you know who you are. You were diagnosed with full-blown COVID. You were diagnosed, and, and there were issues in your body that it tried to take advantage of. But here you are tonight, healed in your body, rejuvenated in your spirit, with no effects, no problems, no issues, because God healed you. 
And God will always heal you. Don't back up because of situations and circumstances that, that, that try to push you away from what God said. Amen. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to be even stronger about it. I'm going to be even stronger about it. The world is hurting. If, if you came to any of the nights of the Hear and Be Healed conference, did you see the people that came for healing? The people that came for healing. But yet a large portion of the church just acts like nobody's sick. The altar was packed every service with people that needed healing. Kidney disease, sugar diabetes, cancer, liver problems. You name it. Bad backs, bad eyes. Had a man stand before me that had 57 surgeries. 57 had not known a year with no pain in years stood there and the power of God was flowing had three rods in his back couldn't bend over we prayed for him I backed up and I said now in the name of Jesus bend over and touch your toes and he bent over and touched his toes he looked up at Jim Molson tears coming down his eyes he said this is the first time in years I haven't had any pain in my body don't ask me to back up. Don't ask me to not preach it so hard. People are dying. People are sick. People have no answer. The Lord woke me up the other morning. And he said, so many are dying and going to hell. He said, who will you do their part to save them? I will. I will. You will. We will. Our churches will. There are people under the sound of my voice. God has delivered you. God has set you free. God has healed your body. There are things that are not in your body anymore that used to be there, but they're not here. There are people on the sound of my voice, you were on the verge of suicide. You had no hope. You had no life. And God came walking into your circumstance and delivered you. Don't back up. Press into your covenant. Keep your ear to the covenant. What God said, God will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've had people at my age ask me, when are you going to slow down? What do you mean, slow down? Who has time to slow down? I don't have time to slow down. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I'm going to plant another church here in Arkansas. And we're going to have more faith building going on. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. That's what God's called me to do. We're going to populate, we're going to populate the United States with faith churches. It's what we're going to do. And God's going to help us do it. Because people need it. There are cities in Arkansas that need what God is saying through this ministry. They need what God is saying through all ministries. But, but we need ministries that aren't afraid to stand up and say, God will do what he said he would do. And I'm not hiding from something. I'm going to confront it. I'm going to attack it. I'm going to overcome it. Glory to God. You better stand up. I'll preach all night. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just don't put up with it. Don't put up with it. When it comes knocking, you tell him what my friend Eddie Quay said from Ghana, West Africa. He's got a, a, a big, deep African voice. He's a little short man. Got a big, deep voice. He said, when sickness comes to your house, tell sickness, go to the other house. You cannot stay here. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is your year of freedom. 2022, the Lord said to us seven times, if you will believe, these are things you'll see. Beautiful clarity, astounding abundance. Every recompense for everything that the devil took. It said you'd be paid back for any suffering you endured in 2021. 
It's what the Lord said. If you suffered physically, this is your year of complete healing. Your year of complete healing. Your year of complete healing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And you know what? If you missed it and you backed off, just get back in the game. Just get back in the game. Dust yourself off and let's go. Because you don't have time to not get in the game and you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself. And nobody's got time to pick you up and make sure that you feel okay. you got to get back in the game and let's get, on, let's get on with it. Because we have things to do. Nancy Dufresne was standing at her house and her, three, her two sons and her daughter-in-law came to the house the day that Dr. Dufresne went, went home to be with the Lord and she could tell something was wrong. She didn't know what had happened. They came and told her. They said, Dad went to heaven. Plane crashed. She looked at her kids, looked at her kids and said, don't you get in your head about this because I don't have time to pull you out of that grief. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The Bible says there's a, a, a time to weep, but here's what I'm saying. You've got things to do for God. And this is your year to do it. The number 20 is the number of expectancy. 22 is the number of, 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 of uh, 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 disintegration. It's, it's associated with the worst kings in Israel's history. Ahab and Jeroboam. But God said in the middle of all the, the turmoil and the things that the world's going through, we have expectancy. My pastor sent me a word. And he said, he said, if we hold tight and with might, we will see the glory of the Lord. I believe that. I believe that. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Father, that they are sold out to your purpose, sold out to your cause, sold out to what you said in your word. And we thank you that the victory belongs to us. We are the healed of the Lord, and we live victorious lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, don't forget, of course, tomorrow night, corporate prayer at 6 o'clock. And uh, we hope to see any that can be with us. And, of course, Wednesday night, and we'll keep moving from there. Amen. Let's say it tonight, shall we? The vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, Send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Thank you for joining